everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Jerusalem to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom, and welcome to the Land of Israel Network, an amazing, awesome, incredible network of great sounds from the Holy Land. And shalom and welcome to the Parties Institute here in the heart of Jerusalem. And shalom and welcome to Rabbi Mike Foyer. Oh, shalom, Yishai. It's great to see you. Great to see you again, and we haven't seen each other in some time. Weeks. It's been weeks, uh, and and last week I had Rabbi Shlomo Katz. Oh, yeah, he was he was in the hot seat instead of you. Uh, I'm not gonna be jealous. Uh, it, uh, but it was seeing other rabbis. Yeah, no comment on that. Uh, it was it was it was a good show, but it's great to be back with you here again together, and uh, we've actually missed the beginnings of this new book. I've I've made some comments on this book, uh, which is the book of Deuteronomy, the book of the second Torah, the second giving of the Torah. Things. Things, right? The, the, here are the things. Uh, it's really the Moses speech, the Moshe Rabbeinu speech. Even the speech itself is divided into different things. We're right now still in the historical recap and the more kind of... Um, last week's Torah portion had a lot of liturgical, like li- the liturgy borrowed a lot from the Parsha. This week, the Hebrew language borrows a lot there are phrases idioms in the hebrew language you mean the modern hebrew language modern hebrew language uh that that uses well not just modern hebrew language uh, like for example right that's right. just jewish right that's just judaism that these are the, the talmud is also a very great user of of idioms that the that are, are create, creating idioms and also using idioms from the from the torah portion but this is a speech and this is another one this torah portion today ekev is to me another one of these things which is better heard heard as in better than read it's better in an audio better being told by a rebbe being it, it was more it was more meant in my in the way i feel about it is more it's more meant to be heard in shul or more meant to be heard by moses or read out loud to your kids it's not something you just look at and textually analyze. It's much more something you read to the kids at the table. Because you feel like you need that broad sweep of the experience and not to be able to go into the particulars? I, I, no, be, no, not exactly, because I think it was created as, an, as a speech. And so therefore the rhythm of it, I'm looking right. at what... Right, it, it's, more, right. It, it, it's, it's a tad more disjointed in a, in a textual analysis, uh, but more sensical in a when I'm trying to give over a, a right. You can make multiple points in various ways when you're speaking to a person because the nature of the communication is different than writing something down. Yeah. What appears disjointed in the written presentation can have a wholeness in the verbal presentation that doesn't exist on the page. Well, well, think about it. Did the Abraham story was that a speech? No. Which it, Abraham story? The the narrative of the story of Abraham oh. in Genesis and Bereshit. Okay. Great. It, it's it's a it it's being told to us by a narrator who's looking. Well, this go ahead. Well, this goes to the heart of what Devarim is in relationship to those books, and we've spoken about it before. I mean, the very nature of retelling is not an attempt to give you the events; it's an attempt to give you their understanding, even if it's only through a retelling without any sort of overt interpretation. Right? And in that sense, Moshe Rabbeinu, as you pointed out, his last speech is really the beginning of what we think of as oral Torah. As soon as he begins to retell us our experiences in the wilderness and represent to us the Ten Commandments and, like you pointed out, these liturgical building blocks that existed back in Vayat Kanan. As soon as he does this, bound up with our own experiences being represented, that's precisely what the oral Torah is. Just, okay, how do you take what you've had in the past and keep it relevant to who you are today? And how does that get you across the river to the good green land that you're all trying to head for? In, in, in one... In another sense, to me, it's like the difference between Jerusalem and Hebron. Ooh. <laughs> Jerusalem is where you meet God. I mm-hmm. like to call it Ben Adam Lamakom. That's the Jerusalem experience. Sure. But Hebron is Ben Adam Lechavero, from the word Hebron. So right? you meet mom and dad. It's like mom and dad, you meet the people. Right. And here, you're getting a human kavichol take. Ah, because it's Moshe. He's, he's filtering it through human sure. eyes for you. So much so that some of the classical commentators really ask deep questions on the nature of this book in relationship to the others in terms of the nature of prophecy. And this is the first time that we're gar- starting to get Moshe instead of like, as we said up to now, Moshe, that it's God's voice speaking through his mouth. Here it's clearly, even if God afterwards says, that was good, put that in, you know, it's clearly Moshe's voice in a way in which the rest of the Torah is not. Right. So I have, I have marked out two sections to just read out loud Ooh. today. And Should we do it responsibly? <laughs> I'm g- <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm feeling edgy this morning. <laughs> I'm gonna just uh, read here in the English, 
Of course, it uh, doesn't do justice to it vis a vis the Hebrew, but let's just, let's just do it. It's the beginning of Parshat Ekev, the Torah portion of Ekev. This shall be the reward when you hearken to these ordinances and you observe and perform them. Hashem, your God, will safeguard for you the covenant and the kindness that he swore to your forefathers. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. And he will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your grain, your wine, and your oil, the offspring of your cattle, and the flocks of your sheep and goats on the land that he swore to your, far, to your forefathers to give to you. You will be the most blessed of all peoples. There will be no infertile male or infertile female amongst you or amongst your animals. Hashem will remove from you every illness and all the bad maladies of Egypt that you knew. He'll put upon, uh, he, will not put, he will not put them upon you, but will put them on all of your foes. That's like a mamas, like a Yiddishism. He must Yiddish. have said in Yiddish. Yeah, for and sure. He, and may your enemies have all the diseases that you don't want to have. That's right. On them, not on, on us. Not on us. You will devour all the peoples that Hashem, your God, will deliver to you. Your eyes shall not pity them. You shall not worship their gods, for it is a snare for you. So that's, an, to me, an example of something that, like, you, you're sitting and you're hearing Moshe Rabbeinu mm. say it to you, and and that's why I think it's very important to go to to to, to the Beit Knesset, the Shul, at, at these Torah portions, and really, really hear it being said to you. And the and the guy who's reading should read it in a way Properly. as though right, he should read it in a way as though he's, he's not saying, trying to get home for Kiddush. He's actually giving you Moshe's voice, right? And with a tone of like, I am giving you the to- I'm passing on the Torah of Moshe. I'm speaking. In a kind of in his voice. Oh yes, it was not a kind and gentle speech. Right. I'm fascinated though that I haven't noticed before, and I do have the great merit of learning the parsha every week. That this is a great proof for a core definition of the word baruch. That when it says baruch mikol amim, you'll be blessed, sort of beyond all peoples. Lo Right, and like no male or female infertile. It's the final proof that baruch really just means more. 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 I mean, multiply. The first, Ble- the first blessing was Purvu, be fruitful right. and multiply. But as a meaning to the word, right, you Baruch Tiyeh. So, what does that mean that you will be blessed? It means that there won't be any infertility, that there will be an unimpeded capacity for more. That's great. That's very important to me. I'm always looking for good, good uh, linguistic proofs. Why? And, I mean, I'm just getting Eastern for a second. Like, like why do we need more? <laughs> well, then, why creation? <laughs> But yes. No, that is an extension of the very same question. If you believe that creation has merit, then the one thing you can say is that God wants more. Mm-hmm. And so since we are people who are striving in all our being to give m- greater, wider, deeper, and more comprehensive expression to God's desire and will in the world, then more. So yes, what does it mean, Baruch Hashem? What does that mean when I, when I ah, so bless that's, you, God? So that's an important question, which is misunderstood by most Jews. Um, because it's translated as blessed, and people have a misconception that we're blessing God, which is not true. If you look into the Sifri Alacha, into the, into the books, you'll see that Baruch in that context means you are the source of blessing. It's right. an identifying of God as. Right, you are the blessor. Yes, and, and therefore, when we, and if we say it in, the, in sort of an imperative, or at least a, a, a requesting, right, what we're basically asking is for God to overflow. Right, you're a blesser, so please bless. Right, or when I look at this apple... I'm I'm recognizing it as an overflowing of God's blessing in the world, as a specific manifestation of it. And that recognition is the primary thing I can offer in exchange for the life that I take from it. Okay, and what one of those greatest manifestations is in this Torah portion, and we have about three or four Torah portions that all compete for number one Zionist. Yeah, we're in, we are in the glory days, except for perhaps, of course, Avraham. But, right. Yeah. But here, it's, it, it's tough. It's, it's, the other end of the, it's the other end of the story. Right. And it's very, very you know, overt. And we have yeah, the, um, <laughs> right, the, more, the more land of Israel-centered centered consciousness. Okay. Well, I would say that we don't necessarily have to say those two things are the same thing. For sure, they are land of Israel-centered. Um, but sadly... There are elements of Zionism that would would not see these as as sort of core expressions of purpose, and and it's a challenge, right? And, I mean, to me, to me, I, of course you're right. Technically speaking, you're right, but no, you're right. <laughs> you just reduce me to a technicality. But I, mean, I just mean to say, like, to me, when I when I define the word Zionism in my, in my head, what I mean by that is the Zionism of of Moshe and Joshua, the mm. Zionism of Avram Avinu, the Zionism of, of Ezra. So, what Zionism mean? Zionism is the re- is the is the return of the Jewish people, the the yearning for the return of the Jewish people, in the land of Israel, who will create 
a Torah society, which will be an expression of godliness in this world, and will in the end bring Mashiach. Will bring a, a you know a, 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 a great light to the world. Redemption. Don't, don't yeah, hold back. I don't know, hold back. I, no, but the word I don't like the word redemption so much, and I don't like the word Mashiach so much. Mashiach, we can drop. I'll, I'll go with you yeah. on that. But why? What's wrong with redemption? Because, because I who don't. Doesn't because want because I'll tell you who doesn't want redemption. If you're in you're, if you're in uh, San Diego, you're and you're living in a fat house. Uh, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think we I could just, have a lot of terminological. I, I, I don't know if the word redeem. I don't know if I need to be redeemed. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know what that word means even. Oh. What does that even mean? I, I, does well, geulah mean redemption? Well, geulah kind of does mean that, in its right. most literal sense outside of its self-referential. Redemption means redemption. Right. Is is when you take the monetary value of something, and you exchange it. Meaning that if you have land that was alienated from you, right? It's yours, and somehow you lost it. Someone purchased it because you were broke, or someone somehow brutally took it from you, et cetera, and you want to redeem that land, you give its value into the hands of another, and it becomes, once again, yours. So when we speak about being redeemed, what we're talking about is overcoming that alienation that stands between us and us and the land, us and God, us and the nations in that sort of messianic, redemptive vision of Am Yisrael and the, and the world finally getting along. right? And so what has to be paid is a very important question. And I would imagine that your characterization of this fat cat living on the West Coast who's not looking for redemption, um, either is a terminological one. Maybe he is. Who knows? We're all looking to be redeemed he on some level. He wants a great light on the or, or, or he's not willing to pay the price. I didn't mean that he's stuck. I didn't mean that. I meant to say, I didn't mean to say that he doesn't want redemption because everything. I mean to say, I don't know if the word redemption is what he is looking for. He's looking for a greater consciousness in the world, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. But like... <laughs> What in, has to in be many, paid for in that. many ways, the world is probably the most redeemed it's ever been. In, in some ways, some ways, sure. so, in some ways, the world. When is... Mama, sh- I was thinking about. It, I was walking the streets today. It's like, oh, Mashiach, we're living. You show a clip of what we're doing right now to most of Jewish history. They will assume the Messiah is coming. Right, and uh, and and that's in Jewish history, but also in world history, in world history, and health. Sure, communications. Right, the ability to wield power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's. So, but 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 a person that wants a greater consciousness or some wholeness, since along right. with all those things we just named, it's a pretty ugly world out may- there too. May- maybe maybe also you said the word wholeness. Maybe another thing that's really lacking is holiness. I, uh, I do think I do think that sure. people yearn for that, and I think there is a yearning for that out there. And there isn't a lot of voices that give people. And unfortunately, many of the voices that speak that language have sullied the w- meaning of the word, in my opinion. You know, it's not such a simple thing to talk about holiness. Back to Zionism, right? <laughs> back, back to the return of the Jewish You're people not going to there. Israel. Uh, no, it's just uh, it, it's really what we talk about all the time in, in one way or another. But in any case, uh, here Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, um, he says he says some, something which is very important. I guess I guess uh, there's there, there's probably a, a fancy word for for what I'm looking to say here, which is uh, there's um, a musr. What's the what's the what's the rebuke? Kind of, yeah, but what's the kind of the you know the you know the the Christian theologian type word for uh, for this kind of uh, Re- rebuke? Yeah, rebu- okay, no, I want to say the the pasuk says You'll know with your heart. Mm-hmm. Just like a father, what's the right word? Um, chastises chastises his son. So to Hashem chastises you. Right, like Hashem is out there acting in the world. And he's acting on you. Yes. Trying to teach you. Trying to, to, yeah, to learn you something. Right. I mean, by the way, that's a phrase that is stuck in the middle of, of other issues. And to me, it's like, he just says to you, well, basically, the, it's stuck between the mana. I gave you the mana. It wasn't, it, it wasn't so easy for you to eat the mana. In fact, there was, he, he admits here, we usually think of the mana as this perfect thing. It's but amazing there was some, blessing, right. But there's some kind of challenge in it. Not some kind. He explicitly says, right, that I gave it to you, right? Right. In order to test you or try you, right, and and to actually bring you some suffering, in order that it should be good for you in the end, right? To, or to make you good. I mean, that's a right, very important verb form right, of lahativ. Right, like that's what you do with candles. That's, the, that's, that's what how you with. prepare the kator by <clears throat> crushing it to its perfect readiness. Right, and that's also what you do with when a child comes out of the womb. Yes, you like fix them up. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, get everything set. Yeah, I actually saw that. 
Yeah. I actually saw my daughter. Squishy, squishy baby came out, and, and the, and doc, the, the, the doctor like, like moves the feet around, yeah, and like everything, around, like, like washes it up, and like Listen, gets it. It's, gets a, it's, it a, it's a pretty disruptive experience going through such a narrow trace. Space, yes, you know, as we've just come out in the Hebrew calendar, heading toward Elul. I don't right. know about you. I'm still feeling a couple of cramps or spots. Yes, <laughs> all of Av is like that. Even <laughs> the good parts of Av. Yeah, you still, still, you still get shaking little, it out. You still get a little ouchies along the way for sure. Okay, so God is he 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 chat. I don't. It's not just chastises. He gives you serene. He gives you suffering. Little little sufferings. Little little smacks. Suffering. See, this is this is the image of life as a crucible. Mm-hmm. That the difficulties are there to drive out the dross and the weakness. And then there's this phrase: "Kilo Man is not going to eat bread alone. He should well, not survive. On. Live live on bread alone. He should not survive on bread alone. Why? Actually, uh, it's going to be whatever God says that you're going to live by. What does this really mean? That we're not this like totally autonomous creature that just, you know, that is a part of the cycle of eats the bread and survives. No, we have a relationship with God and he's going to direct us. We're going to learn the same phrase at the end of the Torah portion about Egypt. Mm-hmm. God says, the land of Egypt is a land that you kind of, you know, you, you, you kind of make a pathway for the water <clears throat> and it and it the Nile overflows and it feeds your crops and you and, and you and you till the crops or whatever. And you, you pick them and you turn them into bread. Fine. Land of Israel is not like that. Land of Israel is a land that you got to of, of hills and valleys. You got to you got to cry out for the rains. Re- read the line again. I can't I, I don't I don't have it directly in front of me. I want to make sure I heard it. The specific word before I say which one the uh, the bread. Yeah. Lo alechem. It is eight. Chapter 8, and it is verse 3. I'm looking too far. Yeah. Right? Just like you said, right? He's going to uh, uh, well, well, it's interesting. I was actually reading a later verse. He says it twice. But here it is. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, that's what I said. And it right. just occurred to me as you were saying that, that that's a definition of what it is to be human. Right, when we say that, listen, Ha'adam, you want to you know what the Ha'adam is since the beginning of the book of Breshit? This Ha'adam that popped up in our story and we've been following his offspring ever since. I'll tell you what the Ha'adam is, what it is to be a man, is to know that actually what you have come from God. Because if you think that you live just on bread, then somehow, like you said, you're still stuck with the animals. Right. It's, it, it is a, a very powerful assertion of what it is to be a human being. And, and it, just, it reminds me also of matzah for a second. God's like... Strip it all down. Strip, yeah, like, and and I'm gonna make you eat weird bread because I want you to know as I take you out of this uh, animalistic like the existence womb. out of this small. I'm talking, I'm talking about Egypt, even. Yeah, but there, Egypt was the womb. Egypt was this place where there's nothing more physical than the womb, right? It was the material culture, greatest in the world at its time, that gave birth to Am Yisrael. And and it's once you get out that you realize whew, there's a lot more to it than that, you know. And then you had to grow up and become a man. And this phrase, Lo Alechem Levadoi Chiyadam, that's like a, a common phrase in Israel. Oh, yeah, people, people, sure. know people it. throw it out. People throw it out. Like, in deep uh, and often y- right. and y- disturbing ways. You're <laughs> not, you're not going to just exist on, on the stuff, Yeah. And especially in our materialistic world. It you, doesn't you actually work. And then after that, it's going to say, uh, back to where I was going originally, which is because you're going to keep the commandments, and then God, Ki Hashem Lokecha Maviecha El Eretz Tova, Hashem your God is going to bring you to a good land, Eretz Nachale Maim, a land of uh, streams of water, Einot Utehamot, deep wells, well springs, Yutzim Babikau Bahar, that come out in both the valley and the mountain, Eretz Chita, a land of wheat, Vesora and barley, Vegefen and grapevines, Vetena, and uh, what do we call that? The, uh, uh, date, the figs. Uh, no, figs, that's right. Verimon and pomegranate. Eretz Zeit Shemen, a land of uh, the oil of, um, olives. of olives and honey. In this case, it means date honey. Eretz Asher Lobe Miskunot This is not a land that you're going to eat uh, bread in poverty. Nothing's going to be lacking in it. Eretz Asher Avnea Barzel. It's it's rocks, a land that whose rocks are steel, stone, iron, iron. Excuse me, her rocks are iron, not steel, of course, but you can make steel out of it, right? Umeharea tachtsov nechoshet. But from its mountains, you'll be able to dig out copper. 
Vachalta, you should eat. Vesavata, you should be satiated. Uberachta, and you shall bless. Et Hashem Elokecha, Hashem your God, al ha'aretz atova, on the good land. Is it for the good land, or will you bless it in the good land? Asher natan lach. Answer which, is yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which, which he has given to you. This is the land that he's given to you. Uh, and then, I guess, maybe maybe to get a little bit more uh, philosophical for, for our purposes, watch out for the following. When you eat all that good stuff, when you, and, and maybe you'll forget the last part, which is to bless God, mm-hmm. you'll start saying to yourself, you'll say in your heart, my strength and the strength of my hand has given me all of this wealth, all of this success. Don't do that. Oh, no, no. Don't do that. And this is a very interesting thing. V'zacharta, you'll remember at Hashem Elokecha, you'll remember Hashem your God, ki hu koach lasotcha. Because he gives you strength to do valor or to be successful. Laman ekim et brito, so that he can, can uh, uh, um, establish his covenant. Asher nishbal avotecha, which he swore to your forefathers, kayomazeh, like this very day. Okay? So it's not that he says... I do everything for you. No, no, no. I empower you. Remember when you've got power, when you're talented. And this is why, by the way, I have a pet peeve in this world. I don't like it when Jews self-reference that they're smart. I don't like that. Yeah. It always ticks me off exactly for this point. And when people call it the Jewish brain. The Jewish brain and the Jewish, oh, the Jewish genius. And then you'll be in a cab in, uh, in Hong Kong and they'll be like, you Jew, you smart. You know, and, <laughs> and, and like, maybe. And, and I, I don't say that. I say, I, I tell people every time, I say, we're not smart. We're channeling God's, God's genius into this world. That's what I tell them. Yeah. I tell them every time. I don't like that language of smart. Maybe we're a good channel. Maybe God chose us to be a One good hopes. channel. But Exactly. I mean, it is pretty amazing, the whole, uh, uh, what's it called, the prize? The Nobel, Nobel prize, prize thing. That thing is amazing. Okay. But I don't, I, don't, I don't take that lightly, but I don't translate that to say, oh, Jews are smart. Well, it goes I to like the question, to what is a Jew? Meaning, if you think you're some like product of genetics or or some cultural, you know, uh, inheritance you have that we've got one leg up on the Goyen, yeah. right? So then, then yeah, it's the Jewish smarts. But if you think what it is to be a Jew in the world is to be a representative of the infinite, right? So therefore, if you're able to tap into what that means in the world, of course, your resources are boundless. So that's a very different statement. Right. I'm curious what you think about the key in that pasuk. Meaning, it says, it says first of all, it says. God gave you the strength. You did it. Right. But remember that God gave you the strength in order that he could establish that covenant that he promised. So how is the fact that that you know that you're doing it, but God gave you the strength to do it, a sort of an upholding of that covenant? Okay. Years ago, I was in a course to learn to drive four-wheel drive vehicles, little ones like a tractor and what are they called in, Israel, in, in English? ATVs. ATVs in, in, in England, quad bikes. Right, whatever. So I was, uh, so I was on getting on this uh, the army, army, and it was a, it was like a three week course. Ooh, it was a serious course, yeah. really. We really we learned so so much. Last few days are a test. You don't just finish the course and go thumbs up. They sure. test you yeah. and they give you a license, which you can fail. And there yeah. were people thrown off the course, or people didn't get on the course. It's the army. Yeah, it was it was it was like it was it was like a it was like a pilot's course for uh, for ATVs for ATVs. Okay, every teenage boy's dream. That's right. It was a dream. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It was awesome. So anyway, le- le- so these last few days. So the last two days or three days, they had this big test, and I remember. And you had to be paired up. There was half as many uh, ATVs as there were people drivers. in the court drivers. So we had to pair up. Okay, so I paired up with some guy. Fine. Um, but we were being tested individually. But we were able to pick whichever vehicle we wanted. I saw a vehicle that had, like, the license plate had, like, the number 18 twice, and it had somebody that posted a tefillata derech on it, you know, stuck to it. So that's my ride. I'm like, this is a godly car. This one's going to be with us. But the other dude, who was a secular dude, se- seemingly a secular dude, was like, look at the, uh, uh, the uh, tire tread. It's worn out. Right. And that's going to be a disadvantage for us because it's not going to grab as right, much. Sure. And this and that. And he found other uh, little problems, uh, with it. problems with it. And he's like, this is not a good vehicle. And he convinced me and I felt that he was right. Like, this is sounds not. Sounds logical. Sounds logical. So we got the other the other vehicle. And that vehicle had a different sticker. Not a tefillah uh, uh, ader. had like a golf sticker. Uh-huh. And it had the word pro grip. Pro grip. <laughs> and I was like. 
what is the message here? And I thought to myself, Hashem is saying to me right now, at this test coming up, you give it the pro grip. You be you give it the professional grip, Ishai. Uh-huh. When you're done, and if you did well, you thank me for giving you that thing. But right now, I want you to neutralize the God aspects. You want to say a little prayer beforehand? Fine. But when you get into that test, do it, you, man. You, you, you focus. You clean it all out, and you give it your human 100%. Make it a bracha. It, right. And, and when it's done, you can thank God for the strength that he gave you. But I want you right now, you say, not to give me too much tefillah tadarech, not too much 18, 18, 18, chais gula, this, that, or the other. Don't give me too much of this mumbo jumbo. Do it. You do it. And then you can thank me. That's what I think it means. I think it means like, like, like. Whoa, how'd the test end? The test, I great. I was a driver. I was a Jeep driver for years. Uh, but, but it was actually it was fabulous. And, and it, it, there was there's a little very tricky thing. If you go up a straight rock, like a flat face rock, uh-huh. you've got to give it gas, gas, sure. gas, 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 gas. And then when the front wheels go over the big rock, you got to let go for one tiny second of the gas uh-huh. so the other wheels meet the, the, the wall. If you keep giving gas, it'll bounce your tush up and you'll f- like you fly, flip, and it's been dangerous. You just, for one second, you got to know how to let go. This uh-huh. is also a, tr- a, a trick in chinuch when right, you do right. with children. You got to know when to let go of the gas. Be like, okay, whatever you want. Right. You know? And then you got to put the gas back on. I passed that test. It was great. When I got off, I was like, Hashem, thank you for the strength you gave me. But the lesson was, when it's your turn to get up there to do your thing, give it your program. Give it the 100%. Which is the breed. Because that's exactly why God wants a real partner or how God wants a real partner in creation. That's how you can add something more. Otherwise, if it was always just a matter of obedience and doing exactly what God wanted, then what are you adding? Right. There's no bracha in that. There's no right. blessing. There's no more. And, and that that's how I understand exactly this combination. You're saying the, the partnership? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. What else are we adding to creation? Right. Other than the fact that we can do. And the danger of that is we might forget about God and think it's all about us. Right. But if we weren't capable of doing it ourselves, then what would we be adding to creation? So basically, the real bl- bracha is the consciousness. Basically just what said. you're identifying is that there's two dangers. One is to think it's all me. Right. And one is to think it's all him. Yep. That's also, there's, there's, there's people Listen, like there's a wide-ranging debate in the literature about the meaning of this verse and the whole concept of what we call hishtadlut. Right, that that God, of course, everything comes from God, right? That's what that puzzle said before, right? It's not by bread that alone that man lives. But what's my role? How much work do I have to do to receive it? And so one of the core understandings of what you just expressed is, well, actually, you have to do everything and then understand that, that it, you get what you get. But if you don't do everything, if you rely on God, right, then you're going to potentially not get anything. But if you think it's all about you, well, that's its own moral problem, as we know. It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky dance, but once you master it, it feels really yeah. good, which is you give it your 100%, and then when, when something succeeds, just say thank yeah, you. Yeah, but or like all dances, succeed. you come in and out of it. Well, that, see, that's right. the real meaning of bitachon, by the way. Right. The real meaning of bitachon is not, God, if I do this, it'll work out. It's like, God, if I do this and it doesn't work out, that's also, that's also your will. That's also, that's also okay. And at the same time... Not to give up or have or no... Or have no ambition. Exactly. No, right. No, no. It's, it's the ultimate risk. Um, you know what do we call it? risk management, and on the psycho-emotional level, it's like hmm, failure is is also good, right? Uh, I've been I've been uh, practicing a, a new thing. Uh, whenever I start to get uh, very uptight about something, I'm like a flipping out, and I can't see that. <laughs> I just I just go I go. Everything's good. <laughs> just, just relax. Just like, try, try to like, like have a have a have a tension purge. It's, it's just unfortunate that people couldn't see your face when you did it. <laughs> what a, you know, you have to have a tension purge. Just gonna, just unpucker everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> and your mind and everything. Just all of your like, yeah. Just like let it go. Ah, just, let it go. Okay. And I submit to your will for that one second. Yes. Okay? And then then slowly start to pucker. I'm going to take pucker. one day of vacation this summer and go lay in the Dead Sea when it's like a hundred plus degrees. Hopefully everything will loosen up. Yes, but you also have to let your mind say like it's it's okay to loosen up. Oh yeah. Well, you know my mind goes where it goes. I don't really have so much control over it. <laughs> I was on vacation last week. We talked about it. A lot of people wrote to me about uh, vacation and beautiful Natanya. Okay, let's keep going. We're now in Shlishi. And, um. Here is the discussion. Interestingly enough, the the, the the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Devarim, really starts with the big sin of retelling the big sin of the sin of the spies. But this Torah portion is more interested with the sin of the golden calf yeah. and Moshe Rabbeinu's will to, to pray for you people and also uh, his re- bringing down the second... Lucha, the second, uh, the second Ten Commandments, the, the the handwritten Ten Commandments, reminds me, by the way, about about Rav Soloveitchik's like two atoms. There's an important parallel there. And then there's the two, the two sets of of luchot. Um, I mean, I don't know how far you want to go into this, but there's two 
elements to always remember. There's first of all the difference between being made as a passive object of someone else's will and being created as an active subject in the process. Right? The, the interaction, which is one of the differences between Adam one and Adam two, as Rosalvation calls them, or between the way humanity is presented in the first chapter of Genesis and the way the second. I warn you, this is what I teach my semester course on. And the other one is um, what's, and therefore, what it is for the tablets to have been given when we weren't ready for them, written by the finger of God, and it's like, here, oh, we're, no, no, no. You know, one of the reasons I think that Moshe broke the tablets when he came down, he saw Amisrael dancing around the calf, because I think he was afraid that if he hadn't broken them, when he destroyed the calf, the people would have said, great, and they put the tablets right in the middle and just kept on dancing, that nothing would have changed, right? And so therefore, they had to go through that experience of breaking and then actually wanting what God wanted for us all along. And therefore, then Moshe, in the end of the day, gave it its embodiment. He carved the tablets. He wrote what God told him to. Mm-hmm. Content's the same. Process, fundamentally different. <clears throat> so, and this, last but certainly not least, has to do with an idea that's called Zivug Sheni. That there is an, an innocence of union between man and God, between man and woman, between friends, you know, between any real relationship, which once lost either means the relationship falls apart or opens the door for a, a rejoining, a reunion, which happens on a completely different depth because of um, th- that shift in an agency as opposed to one person coming to the other or one being an object of the other one's subjective desire but both of them really coming together in their fullness is a fundamentally different nature of relationship so it's a whole structure you can find it in other places in the in the vision of redemption in terms of the reunion of the tribes in Yechezkel is a very strong place you can play it out in the later Tuba'av Tuba'av is a very important reunion holiday I was thinking about Tuba'av and it's like I was thinking about what you're just saying right now I didn't have those words but I was thinking to myself like the ho- every one of the examples of what Tubav is made of is actually a painful example. Its context is all, uh, sometimes horrific. Right. It's like it's not like it's like yay the people in the desert stopped dying. Right. So you killed off a whole generation. Right. Yay, le- we were able to bury the folks of Betar. So they were like th- their bodies were left after a, ho- a horrific battle with the Romans. Right. The last gasp of the Northern Kingdom was they removed the barrier so the people could finally go up to Jerusalem. You know, there's there's like there's like ouch. If yeah, you look at oh it, yeah. it's like it's like the a Benjaminites and the and the women at Shiloh. Right, not a pretty story. No, <laughs> at least a, in its not, back, not at all. It's backstory. It's yeah. just not a pretty story. Yeah, nah, it's just it's just a hard story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let's keep going. Okay, so we were at Kuchivi Otsim Yadi. There's another thing that, I, that, that yeah, the calf in in in, in Shlishi here, this whole golden calf thing too. Right, and also oh, there's there's one phrase that I wanted to say. Which is back Say to it. back to Jews. You're not so genius after all. <laughs> uh, Let's speak chapter nine, nine for, uh, uh, f- verse five. Oh, it's important. not because of your righteousness and your uprightness of of your heart that you're coming to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of the nations. Does Hashem, your God, drive them away before you in order to establish the word that Hashem swore to your forefathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob? But Right w- within that phrase are two very different ideas, mm-hmm. but but there's a few times when 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 Moses says like, "You're not so hot yeah. after all," yeah. you know, "You're not so everything." Like it's a because the other nations were really bad and you weren't as bad as them, and b it's also because we didn't want you know God's great name back back to inheritance. Back to Exodus, like like, what about God's great name? Was oh. it was it going to be was it going to be sullied? Right, he started this process. You got the, mo- mo- Moses has got he's got he's got what I like. I used to have a column at the law school, mm-hmm. and my column's name was. And I always want to have a column. You know, it's not so I easy. Invite you. I, I I bless you. You yeah. should have a column. Thank you. I appreciate that. I miss I miss having a column. You got to find a home in your written platform. It's, Somebody it's out there just heard that you're going to make it happen. I want a column. I don't. I want a column with a name. I understand. You understand? And the column's name it, at at YU was called the pupil, uh-huh. and it was like the I. It was, I got you, I, it was yeah. called the pupil. But at law school, it was called in the alternative. That mm-hmm. was that was the and if you go to law school, you know we talk a lot about an argument in the alternative, mm-hmm. right? Okay, here's the, my main argument, but in the alternative, here's another argument right. in the alternative. Okay, so that's Moshe Rabbeinu. He's like, okay, you promised it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is why I should bring him to the land. In the alternative, <laughs> right? The other guys are really bad, and yeah. in the alternative, you don't want to 
you know, some sully your name, sully God's name. There's like, there's like, and Moses makes, ha- and this is something with that that Rabbi Nachman talks about. You still have to know how to make good arguments, even with God. Mm-hmm. You got to make a good argument with God. You yeah. got to know how to. Don't be like, don't just like, just be a shmata and say, uh, ah, Lord, that's w- it. I'm, don't think it's all about God, and that you don't have to do the work to make it happen. It's the same concept, right? Right. right. Moshe never gives up on a good argument. Right. For sure not. <laughs> Even like Vayet Hanan, he wouldn't let it go until God said stop. Uh, he's like, listen, I know you said I can't go. I know you said I can't go, but come on, God. yeah. I, uh, I, I wish here. you were I'm here dead. last week with me because I found that the Balaturim has like ten different explanations on Rav Lecha. Oh yeah. He's got so many beauty. He says, he says, enough, don't don't bother me. But he says, Rav Lecha, Adam is your rabbi. He says to Moses, Adam is your rabbi, and he died. He brought death into the world. Are you better than your rabbi? Ooh. And then he says, and then, it's, uh, and then it goes for the whole, it goes. God, uh, it's a look. That's and awesome. Then, and then it's amazing. And then at the end he says, Rav Lecha, like, don't worry. There's a, you have a Rav. That's me. I'm going to ba- make sure that you bury, you're buried well. He's got so many beautiful explanations on Rav Lecha, like 10 different. I'm going to go look. They're spectrum. They're awesome. a spectrum of. of uh, I love that stuff. Of, uh, oh, I want to tell you a joke. One time, this is a Yom Kippur joke. And one time. Warming up the uh, there was a There was a shul in, in Poland and they were all davening there. And uh, wait, what uh, century? Uh, and Sorry, <laughs> different show, different show. That's the, that's the Jewish story here at the Land of Israel Network. I have uh, a couple pictures if you can't tell me. <laughs> okay, it was in the uh, it was in the 1700s. Okay, okay. Oh, and and there was a shul there, and the and Neila time, the Yom Kippur, they're davening, they're davening holy so hard, holy is the holy, and they're they're crying. Suddenly, the rabbi drops on the floor before the Aron Hakodesh, and he says. Hashem, I am nothing. I am Ephes Mup. I am nothing but nothing in front of you. I am nothing before you. And he gets up. They help him up. Okay. And then a few minutes later, the sexton, the, the helper of the shul, the shamash, drops down in front of the iron coach. He says, Hashem, I am nothing before you. And another guy says, look who thinks he's nothing before oh, God now. Okay. Oh. <laughs> if you guys want, we can give you an entire series of yeshiva jokes. I love yeshiva jokes. We'll give you a special yeshiva. outtake. We should. I would, I would like that. I, I love yeshiva laugh. jokes. I love yeshiva jokes. I love yeshiva jokes. Okay, let me switch sides on my paper here, which I prepared. Um, okay, right. Okay, so, so we got now, let's, we're jumping to Hamishi. Oh, progress. There's also, in, in Ravid, there's also the death of Aaron's sons. And, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu prays for Aaron. And, and Rashi there says, uh, you... Um, he has succeeded. He half succeeded. And now we learn what I always thought originally, which is that the death of, of uh, Nadav and Avihu is in part a result, or here it's clearly a result of Aaron's complicity. And we have to say that very, very carefully. Yes. Very carefully. Complicity is the right word. He was not complicit. Then why did you say complicity? He, he was. He he aided and abetted. He assisted, but he if was you aid not. Aided and abet. That's more than complicit. Well, okay. Uh, what, <laughs> he. What was the word? He. Uh, he was. Uh, he facilitated. Facilitated, but he did it only to try to block the Jewish people. It was out of his love for the Jewish people. It was a horrific mistake. But it's very important to like not. Aaron's love for the Jewish people is immense. I would agree, and but I think if call it what you will. I mean, we, the Torah here says that. Two of his sons died. All of them would have died if Moshe himself hadn't intervened. So we can appreciate the severity of the places where an overly broad and um, and kind love for the Jewish people can take you. Indeed, and yet the Kohanim are still with us to this very day. For sure, of of Aaron, and they're still our teachers. Blessing us in love. That's right. Blessing us in love. That's right. Right. Uh, How does it go? Uh, How does the blessing go in the morning? Uh, That that the that the Kohanim. Aaron, right. So I'm always wondering: Does that mean? Does that mean that you you need to bless me in love in your heart, or do you ever want to bless me with love? So the Michas Chinuch says this third element, right? I have to love the Kohanim. That's why the Maasef, a Kohen, is in in an argument with someone in the congregation. He should not get up. To 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 give that bracha because there's someone in the congregation who doesn't love him, and wh- whom he probably doesn't love, right? And I and they are supposed well, to bless us. Stop him every time. Though. Well, it's a real, but it's the hilchah thing. You have to ask a real question. Wow. Um, the, you better be loving. Yeah, yes, be a real thing. This is not symbolic because mm-hmm. you're channeling love as an absolute. It's God's love for Israel, Israel's love for God, and the love of the people toward each other. Right. Well, that brings me exactly to therefore, there are the word love, is 
repeated often in this week's Torah portion. For example, listen to this. Rak be'avotecha chashak Hashem. Only your forefathers did Hashem desire. Le'avotam, to love them. Ve'ifchar bezaram, acharehem, and he chose their seed after them. Bachem, that's you. Mikolamim, from all, from all the nations, kayom as is today. But then it'll say to you, uh, later on it'll say to you, v'ahavtem et hager, love the proselyte or the sojourner. And then it says, stranger among the you. stranger amongst you. And then it says, v'ahavtat Hashem lokecha, love Hashem your God. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of love, but we're commanded to love. We're commanded to love, which is a, a famously tricky discussion. What does it mean to be commanded to love? Yeah, no question. And is this the same love? Right? Is there? Why is do I hear a Bob Marley song in the background? <laughs> One love. No, no. Uh, is this love? Okay, whatever. <laughs> right, we could, we we could go there, but let's let's hold back. Yeah, let's hold back. Let's not sully <laughs> the holy, the great right, Bob Marley. Whoa, whoa, no. whoa. Exactly the same. <laughs> Listen, I want to know. You send me an email. How many people listening to this right now are strong Jews because you found Barb Molly at an early age in your, well, your he, yeah. spiritual right. development? He's, he's iron, like a lion in listen, Zion. Listen, no man knew the Book of Psalms better in our generation. At least That's not that right. we're singing it. No, but then he changed He changed, He changed. changed by the rivers of Babylon to King Arfa or something like that. That was not cool. Well, listen, the experience of the Rasta, I think, paralleled that of Ami. So there is an episode coming at some point in season three. On Rastafarianism. I think you should just have the a, outtakes a, episode. As a window onto my personal spiritual development and the the fact that you can't keep Am Yisrael down. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to take a little while, but <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm looking forward to that episode. Okay. Um, all right. Here here we go. <laughs> I got you on the ropes uh, today. Buffalo Soldier. I'm, I'm going to hold back. Can we just call it Buffalo Soldier? Can we call this one? Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Eleven uh, ten. Uh, chapter uh, uh, 11, verse 10. Um, okay. Let's go to actually the verse beforehand. Ushmartem et kol mitzvah. This is a repetitive theme, but again, I want to read these verses. Keep all the commands. Ushmartem et kol mitzvah. Asher nochim mitzvcha ayom, which I command you today. Leman techzeku, so that you'll be strong. Uvatem, and you'll come. Veyarajtem et haretz. You'll inherit the land. Asher atem ovrim shama, which you're passing into it. Lerishta, in order to inherit it. So that you will have lengthy days. On the land, which God swore to your forefathers, to give to them and to their seed, a land flowing with milk and honey. Like, to, like, like uh, Moses is repeating himself here many yeah. times. And the answer is, there's probably a very good answer. But the simpler answer is... It's a rhetorical device. It's very powerful. And it's on his mind. Yeah. This is important to him. Yeah, he's looking across there going, listen, you got to appreciate, you got to appreciate. I mean, I, I, I said it the other day, I th- maybe on here, I don't even remember where, but it's, it's worth it to take a minute and just pause and appreciate the fact that you and I and anyone listening who's even ever been to the land of Israel, much less those of us who have the merit to live here, are doing something that Moshe and Rabbeinah himself never merited to do. And that is not a small thing. I mean, I mean, there's also a lesson here in desire. Yeah. You must desire it. If you want to be like Moses, desire the this land. Is, this is one of the greatest challenges we as a generation face in our Zionist, our redemptive, our messianic vision, whatever your particular word is, is that we also have an f- experience of fulfillment, which is detrimental to the power of desire. Right. The and, challenge and of bourgeois. That's one manifestation of it. Um, and the other one is is that, wow, once you actually get what you're after, the question of what do I do with this comes up. I'll tell you, from my life, I wanted children. It was very clear to me from a young age. I want children. It wasn't until I had a couple that I suddenly asked myself, did I ever want to be a father? Mm-hmm. Did I ever ask that question? You know, it's... it's I, was, I was an older brother. Ah. I, I was like eight years older than my, than my sister, nine years older than my brother. So uh-huh. I was already a quasi kind of you had mini, mini parent. I grew up with one older brother. Right. Not part of my consciousness. Right. I was like already like helping raise my sister and brother. Uh-huh. And I like, uh, and I think I have like a shepherd dog type thing. Like that's just, a, that, that, that's just a, that's just a, like a, an instinct that I have. Yeah, so you like to keep people in line, keep them safe. Sometimes, sometimes too much, sometimes yeah, yeah, too you know. much, you know, uh, and my, Sorry, and I'll nip you. Get too close. Yeah, my, I was once at a rabbi's, uh, like a kabbalist, and he says, like, he's a. He says to his friends, he he was pointing at me. He's a shtickle. Sh- he's not shtickle because he was a sephardi. He says, "Uktzat shawish." He was using an Arabic. Shawish right. means like a like a like a bossy type person. 
So my wife says, whenever I'll be a little too uptight, she'll be like, are you being a shawish? She'll <laughs> yeah, say I don't think you can say a shtickle shawish. Yeah, I can't say a <laughs> shtickle shawish. Like, no, no. Maybe that should be the name of the show. Shtickle shawish. Shtickle shawish. Uh, I mean, think people, people will like that? Okay, shtickle oh, shawish. Only if you listen. Oh, is that right. clickbait or is it just confusing? Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's confusing clickbait. Anyway, so so what were you saying? That that, that you, didn't, you didn't think about being a father, okay? This... <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> yeah, okay. you, you threw me back. Threw that back yeah. on me. My mind had already gone Tough. to uh, you in this in the Yiddish speaking Kabbalist. That's right. Yes. Yeah. This, this Sephardic. He, he passed away. He, he, of course, but he passed away. Uh, let's let. I, here's here's. I'm going to ask you about this. Okay. Let's go to eleven ten. Eleven ten. I'm with you. Ki haaretz. This is this is now a little secret about the land of Israel. I mentioned this before, but let's talk about this. Ki haaretz ata The land which you come to there. Shama, by the way, there is the same letters as Moshe. Right. And, and you got to hear the little bit of heart in there. Right. Moshe's like, he's like, you're going there. Right. I'm staying That's there. right. You're going there, Lirishta, to inherit it. It is not like Egypt. Which you left there. And, and there, you plant a seed in the ground and, and you uh, water it with your feet. Meaning to say, with uh, irrigation, or with irrigation, just, right, just kick aside because remember, irrigation in Egypt is all about the canals. Na- the na- right, it's not just the canals, it's canals. So, like when the when Nile rises, you just like kick with your foot a little bit of dirt that's blocking the canal. Water just flows right in there. Right, and it says kigan hayerik yarik, which is what, which is a vegetable a, garden. A vegetable garden, but you, but there are other descriptions of Egypt being this like America type thing. It's green. Well, we don't know it that way, but but I guess in the ancient world it must have been. Oh, I mean, the, the, sur- the Nile very fertile for right. sure. But but you hear the image of how ease you kick it aside once water flows in, floods that, and then you got vegetables. Yeah, every, every, That's everything, it, baby. Right, it's and, just gonna grow. And you can even hear now it, within that what the what the those Jews that were. Giving Moshe Rabbeinu a hard time Longing about for the right, cucumbers the, the and the onions and the, and the yeah the garlics. Okay, you know the fish. It, it was like it was like easy pickings. I've eaten garlic and fish on the banks of the Nile. Did have you? I have. That must have been good. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, garlic and fish. I had some garlic and fish in Netanya. Um, in any case, uh, there's something about. And, I, and and us coming out of the American experience, and whenever you fly back to America, you're always struck by the seeming abundance, a seeming abundance, and seeming ease at which abundance can be acquired. Yeah, seemingly so. I I mean I mean I mean sometimes I'm driving in some 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 little through some little town, and I'm like, this goy, and I don't mean this in any negative way. I just mean to say this gentile here, this average guy, this average guy by the road has a house. And a, a lawn and a boat, oh, yeah, yeah. on this lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's chilling. America's big. America's there's a lot of it there. big, and there's and it's a rich land. It's a rich land, and it's and it's also set up in a way. For example, Ukraine is also a rich land, but it's not set up mentally to be a rich land. Mentally and, and socioeconomically, and right? Like, it's set up to be a, a poor be said, land. With all the, I mean, there is plenty of poverty in America, but with all of it, the the roots of America in the belief in the human ability to grow. To make more that expansive sense of the frontier, which obviously is an illusion for a couple hundred years, but nevertheless, not a couple hundred, but whatever, for quite some time, but nevertheless, it underlies that attitude of like, you know, there's more here. We yeah. can do more with this. Yeah. And and also that on the one hand there's fences, and on the other hand, there's no limits. There's fences that have you have you been out west and actually seen the fenceless country that's still left in America? Oh yeah. It is unspeakably beautiful yeah it's it's a huge land but here's here's what that, that's basically what it says about egypt however this land that you're going to not like that at all this land that you're going over to cross over to to inherit crossing over to inherit it is a land of mountains and valleys limtar hashamaim tishtemaim to the to the land Thirsts will drink water from the waters of the rains of the heavens. Meaning to say, it's not like something. It's it's dependent on, and the meaning here is it's dependent on on prayer. It's it's not an automatic system. It's dependent on the rains, and you gotta somehow. You cannot you cannot manhandle the rains. It's a land that that Hashem God is always. 
Well, you know, the breaking the puzzle is the Okay, the land which God seeks means he's always paying attention. No, are you sure? Yes, that's what look where the Etnachta is. Right. I would have thought I would have thought it makes more linguistic sense. No. No, that's not what this And also and also the Tamid, right, but also the, the word Tamid is like is like uh, the time element for the first one and from beginning of the year to the second of the year. But that's why they're two different things. The first is that Hashem is Doreshota. Right. I mean, this is not just a place that God sees. It's a place that he's seeking. Mm-hmm. Right? God is looking after it. And then it's Tamid Hashem, It sounds mutar. It sounds extra. Once you say Tamid, why don't I need from the beginning to end? But that is because of the very cyclical agricultural nature of that Ene Hashem as you're connecting it to rain and prayer. Right. Just look where that Nachta is. I mean, but, it's a, right. that's kind of a trump card. Mirashid, by Can the I way, the Baal Turim says, yeah, Mirashid, Baal Turim says, it's the same Otiot as Mitishrei. Oh. Mirashid, Mitishrei says. Uh, Listen, there's a lot we could say about this idea that Eretz Yisrael drinks not just from the rains, but from the prayers of the Jewish people. Right? There's many. I could find you endless Midrashim about how the blessings of the world come in, even when Am Yisrael is not in Eretz Yisrael, from our prayers for rain, that that is a primary vehicle for blessing into the world. Right? When God says the Avram will be a blessing for all peoples, he says it three times. Right? The Midrash says that Am Yisrael brings blessing in the world, brings more, right, through praying for rain for a land that we can't even see at that time. Uh, the Gemara says that, that, it's, that, 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 that the waters of the rest of the world are, are a, uh, what's the word, tamtzit, like it's, it's an a, a, an essence or a, a derivation. or Right, like from the waters that fall here. Yeah, and it goes all the way back to the beginning of creation when Adam was put in a world. If you look back at the second chapter, Terem. Before there was anything, Adam has to come along. What do the sages say the world's waiting for? Him to pray. And he turns terem into matar. Mm-hmm. He turns what is not yet into rain. And all of creation gets flowing from that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the return of the Jewish people of Am Yisrael to the land of Israel is meant, and this is what redemption really is, is meant to reopen that channel of blessing and let it flow through. And not in some like, narrow see, you personal see, you, sense, you, you but in a how, creation sense. You see how you could stop up that channel, though, when you say, like, it's my strength. Yeah, that's, what I'm saying. that's why I shifted, by the way, from the Jews to Am Yisrael. It's right. a, and as soon as it's about us, as soon as it's mine and not yours, right. it's closed. Right. It just closed. Right. And so that's th- the trick. But that's, we have to, that's the power of being in the land of Israel because you had the experience of it in front of your face. It's not a concept that you possess you can put in your pocket. Also, if you speak in the superior haughty tone, you stop being a servant. Yes. You stop being, you're not like actually, I'm like, I'm like we're not smarter than we're a channel for. In service of. In service of. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is also. Ebed uh, melech melech, as the sages said. Right. So you translate the that? servant of a king is a king. In in the sense that in the sense that that if you're in service of the ultimate organizing will, well then you are whatever you're expressing is that will itself. So Ebed. you're essentially an expression of the king. Evid Melech Melech. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Evid Melech Melech. That's cool. Um, the other thing is for the, for the, for the usage of uh, psychology for people, especially for people making aliyah. It's telling you the difference between America and Israel. Mm-hmm. America's flatter. Oh yeah. It's flatter. It's there's a flatter and for good and for bad, meaning to say the and good bigger. <laughs> it's bigger, but it's also flatter in the sense that like and not just America, all all all, all places in the world are there more there's more equanimity. When you travel through America, you're struck by the equanimity, the calmness of it all. And it's it's and by the way, when it's not like that just like now in the in the socio-political se- sense that there is in America of this division, by the way, I was listening to something about the Civil War just today. And I was yeah, like, that's what came up for me when you like, just yeah, said like, that. Wow, there's like a, there's like a mini intellectual civil war going on right now. In any case, yeah, uh, and half a million people died in in the Civil War. And every means of modern industrial warfare was invented. Right. Interesting. So um, the land uh, here's what the point I want to get to. I tell people this. I remind them. The land of Israel is, is about ups and downs. Oh, yeah. That's what I just told you. It's about hills and valleys. It's yep. about ups and downs. Just know that. You got to ride the wave, and you got to love God when you're up and when you're down. You got to deal with him in the in the in Bira Mikta, in the lowest part, or Igra Rama when you're, yeah. we're in your highest part. You you'll, gotta, you'll love this. Okay. All right, my wife had a dear friend who, when she first came to Israel, wife didn't grow up with much of a Jewish content or connection. At a certain point, found Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, came here to study. 
Um, and when she did, she had a one Orthodox friend in, in college there at, uh, what's it called? Wesley. Wellesley. Wellesley. Um, who told her you need to know two things. First of all, never wear flip-flops. Second of all, always have a book of Tehillim with you. <laughs> so why Tehillim? Because you got to pray. Why not flip-flops? Because sometimes you also got to run. <laughs> Stuff, stuff's <laughs> happening out there. That is, I, I literally do not wear non-backed sandals. I'm telling you, man. For that, for that. Well, you're, you're I, carrying a gun. I'm carrying a gun, and I, and I, <laughs> I, I don't want you wearing right, anything to, other than shoes I to move. One time years ago, I bought these uh, naot without without a back. Sure, they're really comfy. Right, if you want to move slow and, I, and not I, make any quick turns. I only wear them as as around the house. Ha- yeah, in yeah, yeah, house. Yeah. I never wear them. I'm with you, man. Here. I'm always conscious of of uh, where I am, right. who's around, which me, is by the way, which is sometimes a bummer, right? Which is a bummer when you when you when you get to America and the giant mall has no guard. Yeah. You're like, well, why? Why is it that my giant mall has my little mall has all these guards? <laughs> the guys start yeah. looking at me funny. Like, why? Wh- why is that? What? Like, why? Why do we have to live like that? That that that's a that's, that's a question a, we can discuss. Sometimes that's a, that might be a different issue of also our failings in, mm. in actually fully protecting mm. ourselves. Correctly. You listen to my episode on Jewish power, but there's more of that discussion coming on. Yes, I did listen to it. I've it been, that I've been that discussion's uh, not going away because the I would say the inability to wield power is one of the greatest problems that the Jewish people face. Right now, look yes. out the window. Yes, yes. I've uh, many times I thought to myself that the Jews, the Jewish liberal, whatever that is, the the the, the left flank, just has a problem with Jewish power. I've, well, I've, but, I've, I've but the right flank that. also has its own issues. Meaning, it's all of Am Israel. We have different issues, right? Very different issues. But yeah. but the inability of ourselves as a people to wield power in a way in which is a bracha, is is our greatest challenge. Well, we haven't wielded real power in a long okay, time. Okay, yeah. I understand yeah. why. It's not a shock to me, but it's it, there's work to be done, people. You know what? And this brings me to I think uh, the the last uh, part of uh, of our talk together today, which is I I actually pray to God often. Uh, I haven't recently, and this reminds me to do that, which is I often pray to God to take me to the land of Israel. Mm-hmm. Let me walk in the land of Israel. Now, between where I live in Judea in the in the what I call the Long Island of the West Bank, um, <laughs> uh, between there and Hebron where I work, I drive for about twenty five minutes, uh-huh. and most of that area, which has beautiful mountains, oh, which mountains. I would love to just pull just, over and just, and just walk off and t- call my wife and say I'll be an hour and a half late because I'm just going to hang out, on and right, look, sit in some shade. And I am I am literally barred, stopped. Is stopped from doing that because of the danger. Yes, there are many a no-go zones in our land today. Absolutely, and and as opposed to that, here's what God says at the end of this Torah portion. He says, uh, right at the end, this is chapter eleven, verse twenty-two. For if you will observe this entire commandment that I command you to to perform it, to love Hashem. Your God to walk in all his ways and to cleave to him. Hashem will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will drive out greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Every place where your where the sole of your foot will tread shall be yours, from the wilderness and the Lebanon, from the river, the Euphrates River, until the western sea shall be your boundary. No man will stand up against you. Hashem your God will set your terror and your fear on the face of the entire earth, where you will tread as he spoke to you. And there's a big uh uh, accent here on the walking, walking the land. Yes. And we remember Abraham who walked the land. Yes. And I drive and I'm like, instead of driving to, I'm basically driving from ghetto to ghetto yeah. <laughs> in a little patchwork of ghettos yes. in the ancestral it is, homeland. It is absolutely what it is. <laughs> and and if you see, it's consistent with the theme we were speaking about before in terms of kolcheva otzmiyadi, right? That, that what does God say is if you actually go in my ways and you cleave to me, if you know that when you're walking, that you're walking with me. And I don't just mean that as an individual. I'm not telling you to, hey, don't be afraid. Get out of the car and just, you know, that's the mistake of it's all in God's hands because then, God forbid, evil people are out there, right? But it also doesn't work, as you've done, to go out with your pluga in, with, with a tank escort and, and stomp the hills and make people around you afraid, in quotes, until you pass away and they realize you weren't really there to stay and they'll just pop right out of the holes that they were in. What it has to be is we as a people have to be able to assert our presence from one end to the other to the point where everyone is, in quotes, afraid in the sense that they're not going to do anything against God's will, in which case we're all much freer. And that's one of the things that you have to remember is not only are you afraid, but there are many people out there who are not Jews that are also afraid. 
they also and it's not a no go zone for them because they're the host culture for the madness that's making us afraid. But but they're not free. They're not free. And 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 their freedom at this point is bound up with our ability to assert power. Right. Right. It, I, I, my phrase for that is. The bigger is a bigger Israel means more liberty for more people, yes. more rights for more people. If, if if we are committed to that, then I absolutely agree. Right, uh, but and but but the reverse of that is the the inverse of that is that there are people out there who are in the fear industry. Oh yes, they are they are creators of fear. There's two main camps, and and it's one of the by the way easy ways to link them together. If you ever wonder why the far left and like the Islamists have a natural sort of uh, joinder. It's exactly because of that, because the Islamists create fear, terrorists of them, basically. Like right? I once heard Jeremy was here speaking at part days. I had him speak to a group on Yom Shalim. He was a little bit on fire because he just come down off the Temple Mount being harassed, he and his son. But uh, one of the students accused him of being Islamophobe, and he gave the best answer ever. You know, he said, you're right. I'm afraid. These people are trying to kill me and my family. Right. Like, you're right. Right. I, that's why I say that, but just a little bit different. I say I am not an Islamophobe. I'm a jihadophobe. Right. <laughs> I have every reason to be so, that. But that's one side of the equation. Right. The other side of the equation is the, the fear-mongering of the left in terms of, of better to be afraid than to believe something. Right? To, to like, you know, like, don't, don't be afraid of people who are certain. Be afraid of those ideas. Be afraid of anyone who's trying to get power. Be afraid of someone's ulterior motives. Don't believe them when they say something's true or right or just, you know, like that corrosive, you know, and, and, and it's the fear mongering that really unites them. Hmm. That's interesting. But that is, that is something that deserves a, a greater uh, reflection. reflection, which is what is the nexus between the liberal left and the illiberal jihad. I wouldn't even call them the liberal left. I mean, because that's the point: is that they've gone so far left, they're not. They're they can't claim to be themselves. Li- well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the it, far it, left. It's called the far left. The far left. The fine. The, the far. Yeah, there, there is a, there is a strange nexus. Yeah. Between you know, and and I and I when I debated Balin recently, I said to him like, "You're talking about rights, that that you're accusing me of taking away rights. You yourself are the creator of the Palestinian Authority." Which I'm, is I'm a hardly supp- a shining example of right, rights. A, a machine of suppression. Right. So what? It, wh- how, how? On our behalf. Right. As I've said many times, people say, students say to me, "So you're saying, Ishai, that Israel doesn't abuse the Palestinians?" I say, "Oh, contraire, we do abuse the Palestinians when we empower the Palestinian Authority." No, when we created our stooge, right. as Rabin said, that wasn't going to be held back by Bagats or Batelim. Right, you remember that oh so precious quote? It wouldn't be held back by a Supreme Court or human rights organizations to take out. The bad guys, right? Except that it became the bad guy and the fomenter of the bad guys. This is always true when you put someone in that position. Okay, finally, uh, we we also learned the second paragraph of the Shema, and that is uh, the Vahayim Shema paragraph, and it ends off again. Uh, so, if you keep these commandments again, it ends off with so that your day shall be lengthened. And this time it adds in the, in the life of your children. On the land which God swore to your fathers to give to him as the days of the heaven on the earth. What does that mean as the days of heaven on the earth? It's always like this is what creation was for. My kids love, for some reason, they got very excited about in Barashas. It says, Behibaram, mm-hmm. that, that the world was created. And, and, and you know, the, the well, learning of that is, is. In its being created. In its being created. It's default. Right? And, and it, within its being created, but the rabbis read it, Be'avraham, right? It is created for Abraham. Because it's for an that anagram purpose. of his name in Hebrew. People That's are missing right. it. Okay, so there you go. So if here. If you want, you can come to Parias to teach an entire semester on that topic. What? The the my whole striving for the divine class is based on the phenomenal tension between the first chapter and the second chapter of creation, which hinges on the difference between Breshit Bara Elohim and So Hamevin Yavin, as we say, those who understood are welcome to join me. Very good. There's a lot to learn here, folks. I'm right now, by the way, reading a Rav Soloveitchik book about called The Journey of Abraham, a book that I've been looking for for a long. I've never time. heard of that. I know you yes. wrote that book. Yes, yes. You know what? They've they released the Katav released a whole series of his essays recently. Yeah, cool. That are like a lot of hidden essays. It's in Hebrew. It's in English. Oh, interesting. And it is it's exactly what I was looking for for so long, which is an exposition of why Abraham and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are important. I've awesome. I've been looking for this specific book, and then I found it at Shirat David. In, uh, is it only published in English? Did he write it? Uh, you don't have to look. I'll look I'll, I'll, it, but but like I was like, this is what I was looking for. 
I was looking for a book to tell me yeah. in a succinct fashion what is it about, what, why is it that God loved the forefathers? What, what did they do? Yeah, it's a big question. It's a big question, and it's a question that should be olive bit. I just had an awesome first summer session here, a three-week course on Abraham. It was great. We spent a lot of time talking about Oh, you're going to love it. The oh, Journey yeah. of Abraham. Yeah, okay. The journey, oh, I'd love to hear about that. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Rabbi Mike Foyer joins me here. Rabbi Mike Foyer also has another show on our network called The Jewish Story. woo and you can right now we're in the uh, 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 really initial stages of the state of Israel. Yeah, it's um, the Zionist phase. You can send me an email. I can send you a link to the the set of Zionist classes. I put them all together in one link. Very good. That's very good. That's very useful. I appreciate that. And you, you can email Rabbi Mike for it, Rav Mike at thelandofisrael.com or facebook.com forward slash Rav Mike. Uh, or just write to Zuckerberg and ask him for Foyer. Hey, where is Foyer? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and he's hurting right now. He lost like a hundred million dollars, and he's That's only hard, you know, worth a few hard. billion right it's now. The so it's the largest tough. loss ever. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all inflated yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but still, yeah. somebody's got to be that guy. Yeah, he deserves it's probably it right just now. so they can buy more right stock. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, you know what? There's one more thing I do want to say to you. I was thinking about this recently. This whole split in America between uh, left and right, between uh, Democrats and Republicans. I was at a, I was at a in an airport and I was looking at sunglasses as is my want want to look at sunglasses. <laughs> Guy says to me, I'm like looking at the Oakleys and I'm looking at the Ray Bans. I'm like, well, you know, the prices have gone up. He's like, dude, they're both the same company. You know that, right? I'm like, what? He's like, they're owned by the same company. Today. Oh no, o- o- Oakley and and Ray Ban. So they're competing to to pump up the price, right, right. to inflate the price, and we're the suckers. I sometimes want to tell people in America, I'm like, do you ever, do you ever think life. to yourself that maybe Fox and CNN is just owned by the same, by the same conglomerate, yeah, well, and they're they're evil, they're they're hardcore competition. Don't, we're not going down the conspiracy trap right it's now. Not, it's I, not it's not a conspiracy because I'm not saying they're actually owned. No, I understand. Think about the fact that the media is benefiting from uh, your like war. That, to me, I, I don't say conspiracy lightly. We could have a whole analysis of the world in that respect, but we'll do it another time. Yeah, I just I just like 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 let's let's come around love a little bit more. Let's let's to me, I want to finish off this part of the and show a by saying truth. there's yeah there's a little bit of love and a little bit of truth. Relax about all the divisions and let's get around also. The greatest project of the Jewish people in 2,000 years that has returned to the land of Israel. Okay, it's our people. project. It's God's project. He's giving us the strength to do it. Rabbi Mike, thank you so much for Always being with me. a pleasure. Shabbat shalom. God bless you, folks. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay stay awesome wherever you are. Stay beautiful. Stay beautiful. Stay beautiful. Don't, don't go changing, all right? <laughs> God bless you, and shalom.